all set up. We we're in the middle of a thought when we um, when the Arctic started, and we'll continue that thought. And it's about Govardhan Hill and the way that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw Vrindavan within Jagannath Puri. I offer my respectful obeisances to His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, and to all the assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. The verse that describes this pastime of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at Chatak Parvat means he saw a sand dune along the beach and he mistook it to be Govardhan Hill, or rather, he saw Govardhan Hill within it, and although others might not have seen it, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because of his absorption in Vrindavan, saw Govardhan Hill. So, as is mentioned in the Shastra, and we'll find this in the Chi Chaitanya Charamita, the principle of worship of the Lord is described in a verse, I forget which Puran it's from, but the verse says, Aradhananam Sarvesham Vishnu Aradhanam Param Tasmat Paratanam Devi Tariyanam Samarchana, which means that there are various types of worship. And the highest worship is worship of Lord Vishnu. That is Krishna, Vishnu, same person. But this verse said, but there's a higher worship than worshiping Vishnu, and that's worshiping those things, people that are in relationship to Vishnu. Prabhupada put it in a very simple way, love me, love my dog. And you can test this out, not here, because many of the dogs are uncared uh, for by humans. They sort of take care of themselves. And uh, however, in other countries like America, I live in a town uh, whose nickname is Dog Loca. Everyone has a dog. Otherwise, you can't stay there. Somehow, whether we were grandfathered in. And if you meet somebody who's a stranger along the way and you say, wow, where'd you get that dog? That's the most beautiful dog I ever saw. Then there's an immediate rapport because the person loves the dog. And if you love the dog, then the person loves you. Whereas if you just walk up to anybody or somebody and say, uh, you know, you look so nice or whatever, they'll say, who are you? Where'd you come from? Gopi Paranadana Prabhu used to say that it's not what you know, but it's who you know that counts, especially in Krishna consciousness. And Prabhupada pointed out sometimes that if you wanted to go and see a big person, let's say a prime minister or a president, and you try to get an appointment, it might be very difficult. But if you happen to share the same biology lab with the prime minister's son or daughter, and you got on first name basis and had uh, a burrito together sometime. And then the person said, would you like to come over to my house and have a sarsaparilla at some point? And you said, sure, why not? And then 
you'd be able to walk right into the person's home. This played out in the pastime here in Jagannath Puri, which is instructive about Maharaj Prataparudra. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted sannyas. And sannyas is also known as civil suicide, as a way in which one uh, abandons all of one's social responsibilities and so forth for the sake of spiritual pursuit and just teaching. Of course, in our Daivi Varnashram sannyasis, set by the example of Srila Prabhupada, uh, Srila Prabhupada, in the spirit of Yukta Vairagya, as we mentioned today, one of the other principles, but everything can be used in Krishna's service, and if there's something that can be used, and you forego that based on uh, a sense of repulsion for it, or thinking that you'll become uh, overly attached or something, then that's false renunciation. So the king was considered to be abhorrent. Well, let me just put it in the active voice. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu considered association with Prataparuja Maharaj as abhorrent because he was a king. And king means worldly consciousness and holding on to possessions and power and pol politics of all kinds to maintain the kingship. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said he rejected outright the idea that he would meet with Prataparuja Maharaj despite the fact that he was informed that Prataparuja Maharaj was a devotee. However, as more devotees told Chaitanya Mahaprabhu about the devotion of Prataparuja Maharaj, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's heart and mind changed. And Sarvabhambhacharya had told Prataparuja Maharaj, and then uh, Surup Damodar had mentioned also. And there was a way in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then started giving indications that he would uh, be more kindly disposed towards the king. But initially, he asked that one of his cloth be given to Prataparuja Maharaj as a gift. And when he was given one of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's cloths, imagine if you got one of those. A friend of mine has a little thread from the gumsha of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he loaned it to me for, well, it was going to be a year, but then the pandemic came, so I got it a little longer. <laughs> and he, Ch uh, Prataparuja Maharaj, worshipped that garment as tadiya, as being non-different from the Lord and very dear to him and therefore being worshipable. And so this principle um, is very important. The paraphernalia, so to speak, and the personalities in the spiritual world also are of interest to those who are cultivating Krishna consciousness. For instance, Tulsi Devi. We worship Tulsi Devi every day, and those who are on the path of bhakti maintain Tulsi plant in their house. Tulsi is a devotee of Krishna. And then, of course, Govardhan Hill. We were just beginning to speak about Govardhan, who's mentioned in a famous verse, Hantaya Madra Abala Haridasavarya Yad Rama Krishna Charanas Parasha Pramodaha Manam Tanoti Sahago Ganayos Tayoya this verse was spoken by the gopis, and they were 
extolling the virtues of Govardhan Hill, and they address Govardhan as Haridasya Vayu, that's Varya, that is the, the best of devotees. So in one sense, they're seeing him as, although we see in the context of the Srimad Bhagavatam and, and the lifting of Govardhan Hill, Krishna becomes Govardhan Hill also. But from another context, he's a great servitor of Krishna because, as they say here, he provides places, a context for all of Krishna's pastimes. For cowherd boys, they're going there with their cows, and there's grass, and there's water, and there's all kinds of vegetables and things for the cows to eat. And there's also caves for Krishna when he wants to have a tryst, and he meets um, in this conjugal relationship, devotees there at Govardhan Hill. And Govardhan is very dear to the devotees. It's part of Vrindavan. In fact, in one of the Puranas, there's a story about when Brahma is inviting Krishna to come to the material world, or especially to the earthly planet, as we all know from Krishna book. He was... He was requested by Brahma on behalf of all the demigods by, <clears throat> and they did so by chanting the Purusa Sukta. And their request was, Earth's in trouble, it's being overburdened by unnecessary defense force of demons, and please come help. Krishna answered within the heart of Brahma, who then transmi transmitted the message to all the devas and so forth. And at that time, uh, he, Krishna, Tatpriyartam, asked various exalted personalities to come ahead of him so the stage would be set. And this is something that Kunti mentions in her prayers to Krishna. Um, she says that you're like a dancing actor or you're like an actor on a stage and you perform your pastimes, your leela on these stages in various places. And so Krishna was arranging to come to the material world to perform his pastimes. And then Srimati Radharani said, um, oh, I don't want to go there with you. There's no Jamuna, no Govardhan Hill. Where are all these? Uh, how, how will we fit in there? And Krishna, don't worry, I'll arrange for all of them to be there. And this also comes up when Srimati Radharani comes to Kukshetra and meets Krishna there. And he said, well, why don't we just um, go to Dwarka? And she says, no Govardhan, no Jamuna. The context is wrong. I cannot get the same feeling as I do in Vrindavan. So Govardhan Hill is important, and it is... Uh, a Udipana. When devotees see Tulsi, they feel this surge in their heart of devotion for Krishna. I remember when I first joined the Krishna Consciousness Movement, we had a little temple on Valencia Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. And it was a very ornate temple room because it used to be a, a view of the viewing room of a funeral parlor. Back then, we used to pick up buildings for our use. <laughs> Other people might not want. 
and uh, it was very beautiful. It had a skylight, and I remember that first morning I was there, and Tulsi was in the center of the room. The light was coming in through the skylight. The, the floor was white, the walls were white, everything white, and there were beautiful flower petals strewn on the grounds with the light streaming in, and then Tulsi looked so radiant. And the devotees were dancing around, singing around Tulsi Devi, and I thought, this is a good way to spend your morning. Different from the way I had been spending it, sitting, staring at a candle flame. And there was a sense when I saw the, the beautiful tea lock on the devotees and their joy dancing around, that, that this is, uh, it just felt right. And the, the more we're surrounded by the devotees of Krishna and Krishna's hometown, uh, the various entities, Govardhan, Jamuna, and so forth, the more uh, we feel at home and we're stimulated in this sense of feeling love for Krishna. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu here in Puri, as I've said, this is the third time, saw Vrindavan in Puri in various ways. And this verse is a description of this pastime, which it seems uh, in one sense so simple, such a simple uh, recollection of something that happened with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And on the other hand, it's, uh, it seems very moving at the same time the way it's written in the Chaitanya Charitamrita and the description here. So I'm going to read the description here and then describe a little bit of what's there in the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. From the Ante Lila 14.120, this is from the Garunga Stava Kalpavriksha. From where? So if you want to impress your friends back home, in the Garunga Stava Kalpavriksha, number eight, it says, Near Jagannath Puri is a great sand dune known as Chatak Parvat. Seeing that hill, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Oh, I shall go to the land of Raja to see Govardhan Hill. Then he began running madly towards it, and all the Vaishnavas ran after him. This scene awakens in my heart and maddens me. So these... Um, expressions of emotion in the devotees when they recall such a simple pastime as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu seeing Govardhan Hill and then running for it at the speed of the mind, everyone else running behind him, Bhagavad Acharya, who was lame, was going along at, as fast as he possibly could. And the whole scene of everybody chasing Mahaprabhu. First of all, why were they chasing him? It's just that they were enamored of Mahaprabhu. Everything he did was significant for them. And whatever he saw in Puri or anywhere else was of topmost interest to them. And they just wanted to be there with him. So as he ran towards Govardhan Hill, which was a sand dune, he then became ecstatic. And so there's a description in the Shastras, there's an actual thing. A sattvika, sattvika bhavas, and there's a way in which these, there are spiritual emotions. We have emotions. We're sentient beings. We have senses and we feel, right? So in relationship with Krishna and his 
paraphernalia and his dom. All the stimuli are there that awaken these emotions gradually. And similarly with chanting Hare Krishna, I may or may not know uh, I'm taking strong medication. If you've ever accidentally taken too many of something and then realized 45 minutes later, oh, I think I accidentally tripled the dose. And like, what's going to happen? Uh, that'll happen also with the chanting of Hare Krishna. So, boy, I didn't know it was this strong. Because Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, uh, Krishna bulbe jabe pulakhabe jorbe anki bulitai. That there's a way in which, if you keep doing this, sir, you're going to experience uh, emotions that are coming from uh, your spiritual uh, self. That's a weird way to say it. There, you'll experience spiritual emotions because you are spiritual. And just need to be reconnected and reawakened. Uh, they, need, they will be reawakened by these stimuli, the association of devotees, the entities in the Dom, like Govardhan Hill, the chanting of Hare Krishna, and so forth. And so these Safika Bhavas mean that the physical body, I described it last night as porous, but I'd also describe it as being very uh, fragile, delicate. I mean, it's a wonder that we even go on, isn't it? I wake up every day and it's like, how does all this stuff work anyway? Even as a kid, I was trying to figure it out. Like, <laughs> and you know, it just, it kind of has a life of its own. Paramatma and the material nature collaborate and they keep the body going, but it, it's very frail. All You just need to, one little wire needs to go askance and then the next thing you know, the thing's like, it doesn't, the robot doesn't work anymore. So we're being kept alive, kind of on life support, just so we can experience the emotion, uh, spiritual emotion. And as we practice bhakti yoga, then these asafika uh, bhavas awaken, and the body, the, the the material body, can't handle it. It uh, comes out of the material body in, in such a way that it it kind of overwhelms the body. Like sometimes we describe ourselves as as being overwhelmed. I hope you all do too. I, yeah. Sometimes you feel overwhelmed? Not very often though, right? For me, it's every day. So, I, you know, we can feel overwhelmed, but we feel Safika Bhavas means you're overwhelmed by spiritual emotion. So what happens, there's a reaction. Tears come to the eyes. The hair stands on them. There's a catalog of these things that actually happen. They come out in the body when one's feeling a genuine spiritual emotion. And then there's Vyavachari Bhavas. Vyavachari means actually it's kind of destructive. And the emotion gets so strong that one can become stunned. Like sometimes uh, scholars who study Chaitanya Charitamrita, they say, well, this Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was an epileptic. Because obviously, <laughs> Obviously, he was having epileptic seizures. And so this Vyavachari Bhavas, there's a way in which the emotions become so strong that, you know, the body just shuts down. And, of course, Kaviraj Goswami describes in various places in the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita that these emotions and the reactions within the 
transcendental body of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he said, don't look in other scriptures to try to find these. It's never been seen before. Because this is Srimati Radharani who experiences the highest types of spiritual emotions. And then there in the body of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that mood is there of, of Srimati Radharani. And so some of the ways in which his body reacted was one time his, all his limbs went within his body and he looked like a pumpkin. And he ended up in a cow shed and the cows from Kailinga came and they were licking his transcendental body. And when the devotees finally found him, which was a preoccupation of devotees because although Chaitanya Mahaprabhu lived in this little room called the Gambira, Gambira means deep. He went in there just to go deeper and deeper into these emotions. Sometimes, although the, all the doors were locked, somehow or other he got out. And then they'd look for him. They found him in a cow shed. And the cows didn't want to give up his transcendental body. They were just absorbed in it. And finally, they revived Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Another time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had escaped from the Gambira. And he saw the moonlight on the ocean. And he said, Jamuna. And he jumped in. And he was floating in ecstasy towards Konark, the sun temple. And his limbs were elongated. And a fisherman who was out there at night catching fish had trapped him in a net and pulled him in. But as soon as he touched him, then the fisherman, by contact with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, also started feeling ecstatic symptoms. And he thought that he had contacted a ghost. And coming back to the village, Afraid of the condition that he was in, he met the search party, including Surup Damodar and other devotees, and they looked everywhere for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They thought maybe this is it, and often they thought that that he's ended his pastimes. They were always on the edge, thinking he might leave at any time. However, they saw this fisherman, oddly uh, disturbed, in the on a moonlit night, and. They interviewed him briefly, and he said, I contacted a ghost while fishing. Usually, I chant my Nishringa mantra, and it wards off ghosts. I kill fish all night long, so I need Nishringadev to protect me. He said, but this time, every time after I touched this, this uh, body that was floating there, the body of a ghost, that I now when I chant the Nishringa mantra, the, the effects of the ghost are ten times more. Now, Sarup Damodar could understand this is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's influence. So he said, uh, Sir, uh, just so happens I'm an exorcist and uh, I can help you out. He said, Really? Yeah, go ahead. So he slapped him three times. <laughs> You're cured. And he said, Oh, shh. So psychosomatically, he calmed down. And then Sarup Damodar said, that's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He said, no, it's not Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I've seen Chaitanya Mahaprabhu many times. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, my Lord, doesn't look like that. He said, when he's in ecstasy, he does. So they went to the place where the fishermen had dragged in the transcendental body of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and they observed the body and brushed off the sand. And they began to chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra, which revived the Lord, came to his external consciousness. And then he was disturbed with the devotees because he had said that I am, uh, I was just watching the pastimes of Radha and Krishna in Vrindavan. And you all came here and pulled me away from there. Why did you do that? 
this was the state of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he was in his final pastimes. Of course, this was precipitated, as I was talking to Kurnath Prabhu today, uh, and we'll talk more about this when we get to Navadvip, but no, we won't mention it now. Talk about it later. Save some for, for the, another day. So back to this point about the stimuli for love for Krishna, the, the Tadiya, Govardhan Hill is such. Devotees by the millions come to, to Govardhan every year. In fact, if you go there and you stay near Govardhan Hill, you, you'll be fascinated to watch the people as they walk with such enthusiasm around Govardhan Hill. Now we see this also in New York City. People walking with uh, a kind of enthusiasm. They have their earplugs in. They're head, headed to work. <clears throat> it's linear. They go from here to here. They get their paycheck and then they come back here. And there's a kind of enthusiasm based on I owe, I owe, it's off to work, I go. And if I don't earn money, I can't pay my debts, and what am I going to do then, and woe is me. However, the people walking around Govardhan Hill are walking in a circle. Consider that they end up at the same place they started off from. So why are they walking with such enthusiasm and determination? It's because they're feeling this uh, reciprocation from Govardhan. Some people dedicate themselves to doing Dandavat Parikram because just walking isn't enough. I have to fall flat on my face and then get up again and start where my hands extended to and then fall down again. And other people, they'll do it 108 times in one place and then move their whole operation one body length to the next. And some people do it a thousand and eight times in one place and then move to the next. Sir, what do you do for a living? Uh, Dundavats, basically. <laughs> Interestingly, you'll never find anybody complaining. You'll never find anybody unhappy, as you might when you go to, for instance, Disney World. Disney World people come from Ireland, they come from France, they come from all over the world, and they think, let's have a good time. They bring three kids, that'll cost you. And plus the hotel, plus all the, uh, you know, a Pepsi Cola is $7.32 with tax, and everything adds up, and they're feeling miserable because the kids are getting crankier as the day goes on. And it just didn't do it for them to see the mouse and to go on the as many rides as they could, one of the kids threw up, and there you have life in the material world when you try to enjoy the material energy. <clears throat> However, at Govardhan Hill, people all the time bring their kids. Where are we going on vacation? We're going to go do Dundavat Parikram around Govardhan Hill, and it was, yay! So they get there, and you walk around and you see a whole family, mother, father, three kids in tow, no crying, nobody's upset, they look up at you, they look blissful and determined. And this is the difference between spiritual and material activities. And on the subject, there's a reciprocation that comes from the Dom, that comes from Govardhan Hill. Uh, and so this is the, um, the vision of someone who's 
remembering Krishna, chanting Hare Krishna, they see Krishna within everything. This is something that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told to Ramananda Roy when Ramananda Roy said, I think I'm seeing you as a Krishna, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu obfuscated, and he said, you know, pure devotees, they see Krishna everywhere. He's like, no, I think this is different. <laughs> so this, this pastime is oddly very simple but very moving. I mean, listen to the language again. Near Jagannath Puri is a, is a great sand dune known as Chattak Parvat. Seeing that hill, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Oh, I shall go to the land of Raja and see Govardhan Hill. Then he began running madly towards it, and all the Vaishnavas ran after him. This scene awakens in my heart and maddens me. It awakens in his heart and maddens him. The last line is saying, Hridaye, which means in the heart, and Udayan means to awake, like Udila Aruna, Ma, Me, Mi, Madayati maddens. So this kind of madness comes to those who um, approach the Lord and practice bhakti yoga. Gradually there's a way in which we start to feel these stimuli from the spiritual world. In fact, this is our sadhana. Our sadhana is to keep in proximity with everything related to Krishna and to regard it with uh, affection and to go on doing that and trying to be non-offensive. Be just because we can't see what it is yet, we shouldn't consider it to be imagination. And also, we should be respectful, uh, understanding that we may not know what we're doing yet, and being careful around devotees, around the Dham, and around Krishna, and so forth. That's why there's so many rules. It's just to protect us. They're like guardrails, so that we don't go off a cliff somewhere. <laughs>